Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D dot com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. When I I think of his goodness, his grace, and his mercy, I can't do anything but to be excited because I think of how he saved me and all the things that he has done for me up to this very point. And I I know that I'm not alone when I speak like this, when I talk about God's grace, God's mercy, God's goodness, and the things that we have to be thankful for. Because if it had not been, glory, hallelujah, if it had not been for his grace, for his goodness, a lot of us would not be here today as living, walking, breathing testimonies here to testify what God has done for us. And if we just check the list, our mouths would hit the floor if we went over every blessing every covering, every step that he took for us when we could not take a step for ourselves. Glory. And if you believe that with me, would you give God a great big clap praise? Come on, I know you could do better for that than a God who gave you a second chance, who got you up again to try it all over again. And during this last message of the year, we want to make sure that we recognize who got us to this point. Because we probably hadn't thought about it, but this is the last message of the year. (laughs) Next time we meet, it'll be 2022. It'll be another year. And that alone right there is enough to be thankful for. So I'm going to talk to you today, speaking from Philippians 4 and 6. And if you don't mind, um, it is my tradition for people to stand for the reading of the word in honor of God, to give him all the reverence, to let him know that we are in the building and we are here for you today, God. Philippians 4 and 6. I'm going to read from NIV, but this version is... Uh, New King James Version. So however you get there, just get there. When you get there, say amen. Amen. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. Verse 7. And the peace of God which transcends 
all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Verse 9. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this message today. I thank you, O Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to give you the glory. I thank you, O Heavenly Father, for Philippians 4, 6 through 9, O Heavenly Father. And that today we will learn one word, one sentence, one phrase to take home with us to remember you, O dear Lord, and to put it into practice. You may be seated. I subject this message and entitle it to put it into practice. There are so many things that we can do that God asks us to do. But let's be honest, we don't do everything God asks us to do. I'm one of the ones who have not been as obedient as uh, God probably would like for me to be. But we're always a work in progress. We're always uh, striving to be better. We need to pay careful attention to this sequence of instructions because it contains much that can help us attain both good spiritual and physical health. In the past 50 years, Men have come to understand, men and women have come to understand how deteriorating and destructive stress is to life. I'll say that again. Over the past 50 years, men and women have come to understand how deteriorating and destructive stress is to life. Paul's counsel, written nearly 2,000 years ago, tells us not to be driven by anxiety or fearfulness about life. If we be truthful, anxiety, it affects us all in some kind of way. I mean, it can hinder your work progress. It can hinder your daily life activities, it seems to just slip in. Even, even some of us may be taking meds for anxiety. You know, if, if that's where you are, that's where you are. But we're talking about how anxiety and fearfulness 
can hinder you from being all that you can possibly be for your God. That means it's, it gets in the way. If it gets in the way of your progress with your God, then there's an issue. Just something to think about. Even earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus admonishes us to take no anxious thoughts. The stress of anxiety is wearying, setting us up for multiple afflictions. And I'm only giving you what God gave me today to deliver to you. If this is for you, then receive it with open arms because God wouldn't have given it to me if it wasn't for you. And it's through me that God is speaking. If we really see God, we should know that he is with us. And that's where our trust should be. Should we not feel great assurance in his promise never to allow us to be tempted above what we can bear? Should we rely on that promise? Should we trust in God enough that when we have an issue that puts us in that anxiety mode, the Bible teaches us that we should trust in the Lord more and then we can overcome that anxiety. So when you're in a position of being challenged and then your anxiety kicks in, I play billiards. I shoot pool. I'm in a league. I play on several teams. In August, we just won $10,000 for uh, winning the tournament. And um, I was one of the main players uh, in the league who overcame one of the series that took us to the $10,000, that won the 10000 actually. And so there's no way I couldn't have been sitting in there and not being nervous. Especially when my name was called and I'm shooting a $10,000 ball shot. Glory. A $10,000 ball shot to get us to the money. So guess where all eyes are? <laughs> so if anxiety wasn't there, I don't know the other name of it. <laughs> But I talked to myself like David did. He self-talked to himself and motivated himself to overcome whatever challenge that he had at the time. So myself talked to self. Yeah, sometimes you got to talk to yourself because it may not be no one else around. And on top of that, you may not want no one else in your head at the time. You may not even want to hear no one else's voice. So the best voice would be your own voice, and that's what I did. And as I did that, I was able to put into practice 
the things that I had practiced to overcome the challenge of that anxiety at that moment. And so I was able to make, if you are familiar with um, billiards, I did like five banks in one game. That's huge. But because I had practice. See, it's more than just talking to yourself about it. You have to put into practice the things to help you when you come across that challenge. And so, with that being said, his promise never allows us to be tempted above what we can bear. And here's the solution for anxiety. You guys want to know? I'm so glad you asked. The solution for anxiety is faith. Having faith. If you have faith, then that puts you in that place to trust God in that position to overcome the challenges that you may encounter on a daily basis. And if you live long enough, you will encounter some challenges. Paul continues, urging us to let God know our needs in every matter of life. We need to talk to God more, people. We need to let God know what we need and the things that we desire. The Bible teaches us that we have not because we ask not. And if you believe the Bible, then you will believe that statement. There are a lot of things that we do not have because we have not even begun to ask. It's just that simple. If you believe and trust in God, you have not because you ask not. So let us start asking God for the things that we need. Let us not bypass him and go on to other resources hoping that they can come through before God does. Yes, I know God takes his time. I know that he's not always there. At least it feels like he's not always on time when we call on him. But he's always there. At any given time, you have five angels surrounding you. It's in the Bible. You can check it. Five angels surrounding you at any given time, walking with you, covering you. That's where we get that hedge fence of protection from. So Paul continues urging us to let God know our needs in every matter of life. As Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, he already knows our needs. Sometimes we think, well, why, why do I got to even talk with God? He already knows what I need. He's, he's om, omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's everywhere. How come I need to address him with what I need? Because God loves the relationship of your communication, of you talking with him, praying with him depending on him. He already knows our needs, but he wants us to recognize, evaluate, and communicate them to him. 
accompanied by thoughtful expressions of thanksgiving for what he has already given as well as his promises of blessings in the future. I'm going to give that back to you again. He wants us to recognize, evaluate, and communicate them to him. And that is our wants and needs. Accompanied by thoughtful expressions of thanksgiving. You know, there's a time in the Bible where, many times in the Bible, but there's one particular time that always crosses my mind. And I'm surprised that there are not more people here today because Jesus healed ten leopards. You guys heard it before. He healed ten leopards and only one came back to say thank you. Out of all ten, only one came back to say thank you. And I think that's where we get... Well, if we could get the message across to just one, then we've did our job. But after ten people, only one? Only one? So right now, we're the only ones. I thank you, my online people, for joining in with us. I'm so glad that you took the time out as well to give thanks and hang out with us and worship and praise with us, but there's nothing greater than being in the presence in the building if you're able to be in the building. You guys heard that worship. You guys heard that praise. You guys heard that glory we gave to God. And so, accompanied by thoughtful expressions of thanksgiving for what he has already given, as well as his promises of blessings in the future, do we see what this process achieves? It disciplines us to think within a certain well-defined parameter that have, that have him in his way at the center of our lives. And I know we've been taught, keep Jesus in your life. Make sure he's involved in everything. But let us try to keep Jesus in the center. You know why? And I've learned this at a workshop, too. When you got Jesus in the center, everything surrounds Jesus. So that means everything that's on the outside of you connects to Jesus from the outside of you. Because Jesus is in the center instead of on the outside, on the right, on the left, behind and the front. No. Jesus is right in the middle. I've even heard one time before we should keep Jesus in our back pocket. Keep him wherever you go so he can watch over you and you can lean on him when you need to and not on your own understanding. And so Paul then asserts that one benefit of this is tranquility of the mind. Peace. Tranquility. We got it this morning through our worship. Tranquility. A peace of mind. Doesn't matter if you got to go hide in your shower. You got to hide in your basement. You got to go to the man cave. Wherever it is. In your vehicle. There's got to be some place where you can obtain, attain that tranquility. That peace of mind. Even if you got to get up at... Five in the morning. 
you you never know when and where your time is going to be but we need to grab a hold of that tranquility sometimes that sets the foundation for our day to be started when we embrace that tranquility of the mind respite from the restlessness so common to the carnal mind which is constantly searching for new stimulation to satisfy its insatiable longings. There's always something that's trying to steal your joy and take your peace. No matter how hard you work to keep it, that's why you got to start your day off with a solid foundation. And that's tranquility of the mind. Because that's where it starts. And then when you go into your busyness, no one can steal that joy from you. Because you are already surrounded and bound by that wall of Jesus. Glory. So this peace of God will stand guard over our minds like a sentinel, allowing us to meet and cope with the problems of life. This peace of mind can guard your mind and will stand guard over you so that you will be able to cope with the problems of life. So verse 8 begins with the word, Finally, while not technically wrong, it does not adequately convey Paul's intent. We can understand it better in relation to anxiety, the peace of God, and coping with the problems of life. Our minds should be occupied with things that are true noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report, virtuous, and praiseworthy. And it's because through this discipline, we program our minds with the right things. What goes into the mind determines what comes out in words, actions, and attitudes. Huh? What goes in the mind, uh huh, through your eyes, it will determine what comes out in your words, actions, and your attitude. I know I'm not the only one in here that sometimes them words. <laughs> Those words. <laughs> and I ain't even made it to the rest. I'm just right here at the words. Huh? If we could pull some words back, but with this technology, it's hard to, you know, once you put it out there, whoo, it's hard to pull it back in. Because we, we make that mistake sometimes because we acting on emotions and things are going on. Our blood is pumping. Anxiety is kicking in, and we want some things out there. We got something we want to say, 
and we're going to say it. But then later on, those words, those words. And then if we're close enough, they might get some action. We hold back, but, you know, that discipline, we got to, you know, contain ourselves. Because action sometimes make you do some things that you would regret, along with the words. Even though the words are sharp, sometimes the action, the action hurts you. You never know. Myself, I, you may not believe this uh, or not, but I used, to, um, I used to have anger issues. Yeah, that was I. As a younger kid, maybe it was because of the losses in my life, the reason why I was so angry, uh, holding things inside, not uh, having anyone to share those things with. So as a result, a uh, uh, dresser might have a hole in it from my shoe. Yeah, and that's from my shoe being on me, not me throwing the shoe at the dresser. Uh, maybe a wall might have a hole in it. Who who knows what was next, you know? But I end up taking a um, program which helped me to learn how to channel those things as far as uh, how to release negative the negativity in a positive and a negative way. And so you learn how to channel though, that energy. Yeah, this is this is good information here. You learn how to channel that energy. And you can release anger in a positive way and a negative way. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. You can release it in a negative way by being destructive. Your positive way could be journalizing. Yeah, you can journal your thoughts. Maybe you didn't know that. You can walk off your anger. You can exercise. Yeah. You could play music. That's a release. Your fingers might hurt afterwards, but guess what? That head that you wanted to crack, yeah, that's hood. You didn't crack it. And I ain't talking about a boiled egg. <laughs> that's actions and then our attitude. The mean mug. The mean face. Don't talk to me. I don't want to be bothered. I know I'm not the only one in here. This is what God gave me to give to you. And so those are some of the things that we can work on when we put our trust in God and we turn it over to him and we look for that tranquility of the mind, that peace of mind. So this is biblical. Garbage in. Garbage out. Wholesome in, wholesome out. It's a cliche. It specifically expands on to Jesus' statement, and if you want to put some Bible with it, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Woo! You put it all in your heart. It's going to come out your mouth eventually. Whether it's love or hate. It's going to come out. If you love them, then love is going to come out the heart. If you hate them, it shouldn't come out the mouth. But sometimes it does. Yeah, it comes out. And it comes out sideways, too. Ugly. Yeah. It specifically expands on Jesus' statement. We could take this further and say 
Take out of the abundance of the heart, the mind thinks and feels, and the body acts. Mm-hmm. The heart mind thinks and feels, and the body acts. As we come to an end, because I'm only going to give you what God gave me to give to you. And verse 9 defines what is wholesome specifically as what they had learned, received, and heard, and seen in him. He is indirectly telling them to eat Jesus. Just think if you got a mouthful of Jesus, you wouldn't you wouldn't need nothing else to eat. <laughs> Indirectly telling them to eat Jesus. Worship team, you could come forward. Because he, Paul, and his apostle to the Gentiles was his agent to them and their teacher of his way of life. There is a way of life, people, different from what we've been doing. And it may it may not be your regular routine. It may not be something that you're used to. But the things that you have heard today, you need to put into practice. Don't let a word, sentence, or phrase Go by today and you not grab a hold to one of them. I know it's hard to uh, remember everything that was said, but you can always take a look back at the word for you and look at this whole message again. But I urge you to put it into practice. Put it into practice. Put your prayer into practice. Put your belief system into practice. Put your time with God into practice. There are so many things we could put into practice. Put your best foot forward into practice. Put your relationships, your communication with your family mates into practice. Put your time spent with Jesus into practice. people do not be anxious about anything but in everything in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God because he's waiting to hear from you and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, 
whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received today or heard today from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Let that be your slogan this week as we go into this new year. Let us put it into practice. way to practice that is worship all day long, right? Because if you're worshiping, you don't got any room for any other stuff to come in. <laughs> We're just going to close up this service today with uh, Surrounded, so you guys can
God bless you all. And enjoy your week. Woo! Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Put it into practice.
Great job, team. 